0: The Charlotte Hornets are a part of more trade rumors. Who are the players that could be on their way out, according to some of these reports? And Brandon Miller falls off the rookie ladder. Why? Does it make sense? We discuss it today, Locked on Hornets. We're Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. And that includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started that's doug branson you can find him on substack every hornets box i'm walker mail you can listen to me on wfnz every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m where we will be discussing charlotte hornets trade rumors and nfl coaching candidates that you could uh, see as the next head coach of this carolina panthers team that's what we're going to be going through back and forth back and forth how do the hornets fix themselves? How do the panthers fix themselves? How do the hornets fix themselves? Panthers are doomed that 's what we talked I,
1: I saw that the that the panthers interviewed someone named Frank Smith for their head coaching head coaching opening and i can 't think of a more sort of automated name than Frank Smith uh, a name that you make up when you 're trying to when you can 't think of a name to make up you go uh frank, frank I talked to Frank Smith. Mm-hmm. if the Hornets do fire Coach Clifford, I just ask that they hire someone with a name slightly more interesting than Frank Smith.
0: Um, does it have to be more interesting than Ben Johnson?
1: I Ben, jo- ben Johnson's fine. I, I think that okay. is more interesting uh, because Ben is Apparently. short for Benjamin, uh, and, and I think that's slightly more interesting than Frank Smith. Frank Smith will never win an NBA title. I'm just telling you that right now.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe an NFL title, hopefully. It, it, that's the thing. I think there is beauty and simplicity in the NFL, <laughs> not so much in the NBA. You got to have something spicy. Franklin, even if his name is Franklin, that spices it up. We don't need the L-I-N. We just need Frank Smith. We need the W-I-N. Board.
1: I want to see the W-I-N right now.
0: They do. I'll take that. I would gladly hire a win to be a part of the Charlotte Hornets staff. And maybe one way they can do that is via trade. Trade rumors, hot stove. Heating up, not hot stove. That doesn't make sense. But trade rumors, they're heating up for the Charlotte Hornets and some of the other teams as the deadline approaches early February, Doug, less than a month away before we actually get to the trade deadline. I know you have this report here. Eric Pincus tells us um, who could possibly be on their way out of the Charlotte Hornets organization.
1: Eric Pincus from Bleacher Report writing about his latest uh, trade rumors that he's hearing the scuttlebutt. And he says that the Houston Rockets could target a backup big. He mentions Daniel Gafford from the Washington Wizards. But he goes and throws in the current Hornets starting center with Mark Williams out. That's Nick Richards could be the target for Houston. He also writes that the Charlotte Hornets are expected to make just about anyone available bar LaMelo Ball, Brandon Miller, and Mark Williams. Does not include NSJ on that list, Walker. So we can take these one at a time. What do you think about Houston targeting Nick Richards? What do you What do you think? What do you think the Hornets could bring back? What do you think about the idea of trading Nick Richards? Just Just give me all you got, Walker, on Nick Richards.
0: <laughs> if you trade Nick Richards right now, or if you traded him within the next couple of weeks, and Mark Williams, let's just say for this specific case, Mark Williams wasn't available then the guy that we talked about yesterday, who we weren't piling on, we promise we weren't piling on Nathan Mensah will be your starting center. The only traditional starting center or center for that matter that you have on the roster. You're looking at a lot of small ball, five PJ and Nathan Mensah. And then you can't go anywhere else unless James Najee decides that he's coming over right here and now. And you know, I would be all the way here for it. But I don't expect that to happen this season. So We need to do
1: flight tracking. We need to do flight tracking, see if there are any flights coming from Barcelona to
0: Charlotte. I would get excited if I saw one. So (laughs) it's going to be tough to to be able to trade any center. Mark Williams not really on the table like that. But we talked about Nick Richards' contract, Doug, being valuable because of this, because it could be a sweetener to add to a different deal or – whether it be a very tradable contract just by itself, maybe they could do it. Also, if you're looking at the return, I don't know. We, we've we traded a center before. In fact, we did it last year when the Charlotte Hornets traded Mason Plumley. They only got a second-round pick, and we were all happy about that. Older player, you could probably only get a second-round pick in return as the most value in return. Nick Richards, what would you be looking for here, Doug? I, to make it worth it, would it be a highly protected first. You're not even do, like the Rockets wouldn't do that. So you're talking no. about two seconds, right? Yeah. I mean, that I would be looking for two second round picks. That feels like the, the medium between there's no way logically that they would be giving up a first round pick a player. I, you know, they're not going to give us a backup center. We desperately need one too. So I think two second round picks as the asking price makes the most sense to me. And then even if you settle on a second round pick or don't trade them, that, those are the options.
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of the contracts that you would have to make work unless they have some you – know, Houston may have a trade exception that I don't know about that would allow them just to take the salary back and and send picks, uh, but they're, they have a lot of salaries that are within the Nick Richards range, which is $5 million a year. But it's a lot of young players that they're uh, super invested in, like Tari Eason and Cam Whitmore, that I don't think they're going to be willing to part with. I mean, if they were willing to part with Tari Eason, I'd totally be <laughs> – I'd be super excited about that. But I just don't think or that that that's – any of those guys, yeah. That's a reality for them. Now, Jock Lawndale, uh, Landale – I always want to call him Landale. Um, but it's Landale. Makes because eight- you want to
0: go Jack Landale, right? But right. it's Jock Landale.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he's making $8 million a year. Out. The problem is he's making $8 million a year until like 2027. This is like the first year of, of a four-year contract. And I don't expect – but he's a he would be a, another center option for them. Uh, so, But then you're just swapping, I think, just backup centers, which doesn't make much sense. So I think the deal here is probably Nick Richards and something for something, but ultimately – you're trying to get two second-round picks, but con- here's the thing: contrary to popular belief within the confines of three-three-three trade street, you you do need to have a couple of centers on your roster that are like NBA level in order to compete. And so, if they do trade Nick Richards and don't come back with with something that they can play with, then I think that's a strong indication that, you know, next season, season after that, you know, could be uh, in in serious rebuild mode.
0: Yeah, for, what, for sure. Uh Here's one player I'm thinking about that, that you could bring back in return that I'd be happy with. Jay Sean Tate would make some sense just as somebody that could come in and defend. He's got a good field goal percentage. He doesn't shoot um extremely well from three but jason sean tate was somebody that was a part of the all rookie squad a few years back his minutes have gone down every year the last three games he's played 19 nine and 12 um i i think he might be a two part too much a part of their rotation but like that would be the player that i would go after making a little over six million something like that so if you got if you got jay sean tate and a second um if that's something they would do right yeah. or you just go straight up swap i don't know how much they value him but but he is he is playing not as much but still a decent amount so that would be another idea no, that i would I, throw out there
1: i think that makes a lot of sense because tate was probably a victim of the houston rockets doing what we've wanted the charlotte hornets to do for a few seasons now which is actually get out there and spend some money and go bring some veteran players to to compete in the conference. They went out and got Fred Van Vliet. They went out and got Dylan Brooks. And so the younger players that were getting a ton of minutes in their rotation suddenly found themselves, a few of them found themselves on the outside looking in. And so, yeah, you know, Tate makes a lot more sense because his his deal in 2024, 25, I think is a team option. Like there's some non-guaranteed portion of that. And so that that's one yeah, that you it's, look Yeah,
0: it's team like, option next year at at over 7 mil.
1: So that's perfect, right? Because then you're not even you're not even worried about the 5 million that you would have had to pay. Yeah, this is all about book cleaning. I I think that's what Hornets fans should be prepared for this coming mm-hmm. trade season. Don't be prepared for moves that indicate, "Oh, this team is like, you know, get, wants to get out of the basement. They want to get out quickly." I think you're going to see a lot of moves like we saw with Washington and Detroit where you have to really like look closely to understand the motivations they're going to be they're going to be salary cap motivations they are going to be book clearing motivations as they prepare to rethink this entire roster and 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 break it down
0: yeah I the fact that Nick Richards is now on the that that's the thing before we end do you just not trade them to have some backup big on your team for the rest of the season? Cause it's going to get really bad if you trade them and you don't have any other big man in return. I know we could go with the, Oh, well it's already bad Walker. Like it can't get any worse, right? Actually. Yeah, I guess it could. I know I asked that question a lot, but it could, if you don't have Nick Richards and you don't have Mark Williams available and it's only Mensa. Hey, that's, that's tough. Then then how much does that affect everybody else that you hope to see succeed on this team for the second half of the year? So is it worth it going after Tate or two second round picks just to have everybody, you know, play with PJ and Minsa at the starting center spots uh, until Mark Williams comes back? And how much can you trust Mark Williams with a back injury right now? Maybe you just don't trade him. Maybe sometimes that's the best idea
1: uh is is bobon technically with the with the rockets I see him listed here on the cap sheet, but I'm not sure he's a member of the rockets but uh you oh, know I'll you bring, take bobon, yeah, you bring back bobon that would be interesting. Here's the thing could you trade? for and include in the trade a pair of platform shoes and just throw those on brandon miller let's see if we can get him back on the rookie ladder if he's getting mm. some center minutes
0: <laughs> or or the rockets maybe they have a space shoot where you can just propel yourself up to the rim and protect it maybe uh, you never know the rockets for a reason All right, yeah I'm you, you gotta get in there,
1: there and negotiate mitch make the call
0: i like that segment that was good analysis at the very end <laughs> let's move on to the second segment Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. One guy that is absolutely not on the trade market. It is Brandon Miller, but he falls off the rookie ladder. Does it make sense? We'll talk about that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors, passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, even more than that. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. More Lockdown Hornets ahead. Doug, we have the NBA.com rookie ladder and we have the ESPN rookie ladder. Now, I believe that the NBA.com rookie ladder, they update that like every week with not a whole lot of analysis behind it. They just basically maybe have one sentence on each player, why they've moved up and down that week, or maybe it's that month or whatever, right? I know Sam Farber, big old NBA rookie ladder guy, NBA.com rookie ladder guy, ESPN. They did their own version of the rookie ladder. Mm-hmm. Brandon Miller, nowhere to be found. What? Number two overall pick, nowhere to be found. Some of the guys that were on this list include Scoot Henderson, who, look, hmm. we have quite the history with Very Scoot. Interesting. Scoot's been, oh, don't you do that. No, look, even me, I wanted Scoot Henderson too, but there's no way Scoot mm. at this point should be ahead of Brandon Miller. You stop. Don't, mm. don't do it. You know what? Actually, you...
1: actually, I will do it. I, I would like, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk on this show about apologies and who should be giving apologies. Uh, I would like I, I would I would like to demand an apology from some of these commenters out there that were, I think, a little a too one. quick to write the story on one Scoot Henderson. So you all can uh, just issue those apologies, right? You just click the little comment button on YouTube. Uh, and if you're listening to this on podcast, just up on YouTube, click the little comment button and put in there, I'm sorry, Doug. And that's all you have to do.
0: You're maniacal is Hit what submit. you are. <laughs> that's, um, Scoot Henderson is above him on the rookie ladder. Uh, also, Jordan Hawkins, Craig Porter Jr., Asar Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis. So pretty sure I saw a boozer uh, kid on there too. (laughs) I I think I saw him. That's the 2026 ladder. Yeah. Um, What do you make of Brandon Miller not being on this list?
1: Well, all, what you have to understand is that all of these rookie ladders are very much what have you done for me lately. They are not evaluations of the season as a whole. That's the whole idea behind. It's not an MVP race. It's a ladder. You, you climb up. the. Sometimes you're climbing up. I don't know if you've ever uh, dealt with many ladders before, but you climb up the yeah, ladder. Yeah, no I have.
0: I just got on one uh, last week, in fact, to hang a birdhouse. It was scary. We oh, got wow. up there pretty high. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, how high? Owl
0: House. Hoping to get one. Cross your fingers. <laughs> On, so anyway, you
1: you climb up a ladder and you climb down a ladder, okay? And, and, and you know, sometimes you're at the middle of the ladder. Sometimes you're all the way at the bottom. Sometimes you're at the top. Right now, Brandon Miller, because he had the hip flu and then, you know, had now has uh, luckily avoided an actual hip injury here and has the lower back contusion, he's missed some time. And even when he was back, when he came back probably too early from whatever sickness he was dealing with, he wasn't playing very well. And overall, I think this season, he's probably been given too many minutes too early for a rookie, and he's been given too much responsibility. And so that has led to some, like when you look at the numbers, some inefficiencies that are just not present in some of the other guys, uh, like Hawkins, uh, like Hawkins. I mean, I'm, I'm not even – look, Chet Holmgren, Victor Wibanyama, they are in a universe By themselves. Let's just kind of move those guys. They're all, they're all the way off the ladder. They're in space. But, you know, when you're talking about the other guys, Hawkes, Porter, and uh, Hawkins, and, and some of, and Trace, you know, these are guys that are, don't have the same kind of shot responsibilities that Brandon Miller has been, that has been forced upon Brandon Miller because of the injuries. And so the numbers don't look great.
0: No, they don't. Not in the last month. And, and just so we're clear, right? You were trying to explain exactly how the ladder works. And this is the exact write-up on it. We're at the midpoint of the NBA season. Typically, when we hear about players starting to hit the fabled rookie wall, however, the starts at the top of this rookie year's class show no signs of doing so. The number one pick in Wimby, Holmgren, they're up at the top. And so all season, Bobby Marks, Kevin Pelton, they'll be checking in on first-year players, including everyone at the top who is eligible for rookie of the year, ranking the top 10. And so it's basically not as clear as what you were saying, Doug. And so that's why I think people are getting frustrated with weight. This does feel like a top 10 all year measure instead of just what's been happening lately. And here's how they put Brandon Miller outside of that top 10 list here. They say since December 17th, we're almost there at a month. I mean, we're right there at a month. Brandon Miller is averaging 1.8 free throws per game. That's 15th amongst all rookies and 2.4 per 36 minutes. In the past month, Miller ranked outside of the top 30 among all rookies in effective field goal percentage at 45%. Since December 15th, right at a month two, Miller shot 36% on layups, dunks, and floaters—the second worst during that span. Among players with at least 50 attempts. So Doug, I think when you're battling ankle injuries like he has, like not anything that holds him out to the point where it holds LaMelo, Mm -hmm. much more serious ankle injury LaMelo suffers, but both tweaks to both ankles and you're dealing with a sickness too. I do think that is going to make what is already a weakness a much more glaring weakness, which yeah. is finishing inside. This was the thing that was criticized about him by you, me, and others who weren't high on him. That was the main criticism him coming into the NBA. He's still shooting well on catch and shoot opportunities. Maybe the three point percentage is down as a whole um, from what it was earlier, but. It's the inside game that when you're not feeling great, when you're not 100% and the players aren't necessarily that great around you, LaMelo just coming back and you're still out when LaMelo comes back, then people are not going to make your weaknesses all that better. And that's how I think you see the steep decline in something that was already not his strong suit coming into the league.
1: Yeah, his weaknesses have been exposed by all of the responsibility that he's had on the offensive end he's been asked to to create for himself in situations that he's not particularly ready to create for himself there is a there is an alternate universe where the hornets were you know some form of healthy relative to the rest of the NBA and not this apocalyptic injury list that they're constantly confronted with and in that universe uh, that we talked about, I think, in the preseason, sort of the ideal situation for Brandon Miller is that he's coming off the bench in a significant bench role, but the, that he was asked to do things that generally matched what Miles Bridges was asked to do in his first year, which is stand in the corner and, you know, let, let some offense develop around you, be open, hit shots, and and occasionally we will ask you to create as the season goes on. And you'll, you'll expand your role sort of naturally in that way. Well, that hasn't happened. And so, yes, his weaknesses are going to be exposed in a particular way. Here's the good news. The good news is that I think what we've seen is Brandon Miller quickly learns from his mistakes. And he, he has a supreme confidence such that I'm not concerned at all that the mistakes that he's making right now, the inefficiencies that we're seeing, are somehow going to damage him in the long term, I think he's just going to soak all of this up like a sponge, take it into the off season, and we're going to see a brand-new Brandon Miller in his second year, and I think we're going to see a brand-new Brandon Miller in his third year. He is going to make leaps every single year, and, and it's going to be really exciting to watch. So don't be concerned with ladders. Don't be concerned with rookie MVP races. I, I don't think either of you or me thought that Brandon Miller – was going to like shock the world as as one of the better rookies. I, I don't because I, me. I was well. I'll speak for myself. I always saw him as someone that was going to shoot up in second, third, fourth year, and everybody was going to be like, "Wow!" I had written this guy off in his rookie season, and all of a sudden, you know, he's developed. That that felt like his trajectory more so than like, "Ooh, make a big splash in year one."
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly I thought he would help pretty quickly. Uh, you know, I, I thought just with his skill set and that shooting at his size, I didn't think he was going to shoot at 40%. Like he was knocking down everything from mid range and deep like that. That's something I didn't see coming right away. Um, and, and that's why the lack of talent around him has really exposed him too. it would ex- expose anybody, anybody, it, it would even make it harder, right? Not even exposed means always oh, been hiding something this entire time it would just be harder for any rookie to come in and play with this lack of talent. I did think though, as we gave some pre-draft analysis, we said, Brandon, there's no way he fails, right? Like it was all about the whole upside. What are going to be mistakes as you say, and what are going to continue to be limitations. And we'll figure that out as his career goes on. But Brandon has been one of the, if we were to do an overall evaluation based on game one to where we are now, Brandon Miller would be top five rookie. I I certainly I would think so. With it not thinking at the top of my head, cer- certainly outside of Ched and Wimby, but top five rookie if you were to measure the entire season. Any last thoughts, or do you want to move on?
1: Every single time Brandon Miller drives inside, and uh, you know three guys converge on him, and he loses the basketball that's an opportunity for him to go back and look at the tape and understand what went wrong on that possession and again everything that I've heard about him and everything that I've seen where he can he can make adjustments in game like he can make some mistakes in the first half and then in the second half you see oh he tried that same thing again and did something different like all of that leads me to believe that there's nothing wrong with Brandon Miller there have been guys where they've made mistakes rookies made mistakes in the past and I go man I don't I don't know. It just seems like this this mistake keeps getting made over and over. I'm not seeing the learning. I'm not, I'm not seeing the progression there. That's not at all happening with Brandon Miller. I just, I'm not concerned about him at all right
0: now. Yeah. Oh no. The fourth came, uh, fourth quarter amnesia is. But been I would my like my apology. So
1: you know, g- make sure you get that in early. Don't forget. You know, put a reminder in your phone. I'm sorry, Doug, about about the Scoot hate.
0: Yeah. He's and when cooking you do that, right I'll- now. Just just letting you know, when you do that, listeners, I'll apologize to you right after your apology. <laughs> so just want to know that. One more segment to go. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Come on, man. The Hornets play the Pellies tonight. They lost badly the first time. And here we are talking more Mensa. This was Mensa's debut earlier Whoa. in the season, Doug. So now he gets a chance to have revenge on Jonas Valanciunas. <laughs> How's it going to go? We'll talk about it in the last segment coming up soon. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What are some things that you want to keep the same about yourself or your life in 2024? Where are you already crushing it? And then you can think maybe opposite of new year, new me. Around new years, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. You can get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, H-E-L-P BetterHelp.com, slash LockedOnNBA. This episode is also brought to you by FanDuel, the NFL regular season. It's done. We are now on to the divisional round and the NFL playoffs, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet and that's 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find popular parlays. You can even do more than that like we do when we go and transition into a different league, and we bet the buzz sometimes. We don't do it consistently. That's not what we do, but we do it sometimes. And if we were to bet on the line today, Doug, what is the line? What's the line for the Hornets-Pelicans uh, contest?
1: Uh, the Hornets are half point underdogs. Now, what, yeah. what Vegas may not know is that the Charlotte Hornets just had a player's only meeting. Now, I don't know how much that will affect the spread or not, but if Vegas doesn't know that, if they haven't been paying attention to Terry Rozier saying that a player's only meeting, there could be an opportunity. I'll give you a couple of other, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Props. Props, yeah. Six Mm -hmm. plus made threes, LaMelo Ball, plus 600. I like that. I think LaMelo's going to come out shooting a lot in this game. Record a triple-double, LaMelo Ball's at plus 2,700. The other player that they have is CJ McCollum at plus... 8,500. I would not take that, but I think LaMelo Ball, I'm I'm sniffing here for a big game. Just came off a 21-10. I think he could make it a triple-double here against the uh, New Orleans Pelicans.
0: All right, go to FanDuel. Vegas not accounting for the Charlotte Hornets POM. They don't account for that, so make sure you go there. <laughs> Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Pelicans preview coming up next. Locked on Hornets. So they've had a little bit of a rest here, Doug. The Hornets have. They played the Spurs on Friday. Then they lost to the Heat on Sunday. So they've had a couple of days of rest before they hit the road once more and take on the New Orleans Pelicans. They lost the last time. As you might imagine, it wasn't pretty for the Charlotte Hornets in that game. We saw Valanciunas take advantage of Mensa's first game ever. Uh, yeah, that that's correct. They won one twelve one oh seven. 107 so it's not like they won by a huge margin of victory. No. And it was the second quarter that separated them just a little bit, but Charlotte actually came out in the second half and put it on them, scoring 37 points, usually the third quarter. That's the Achilles' heel of an already weak Charlotte Hornets team. What do you expect to see tonight?
1: No, it was a close game in that first contest, surprisingly so, although that was December 15th, and in the middle of December – was a period beginning of December, middle of December. You know they had lost uh, Lamelo in that late November period, and they the Hornets like sort of came together and really focused on the defensive end of the floor through most of the month of December, and and that's where you thought, okay, well maybe they can survive, and then they let the leash up on that, but. Um, that so that that was part of that 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 new orleans game was part of that where they were playing aggressive defense i think they had seven six or seven steals in that game terry rozier had 30 plus points and and i think three steals in that game so that, that you know they've got to refine that this you you mentioned that they they're on two days rest but i think that's less important for the physical aspect of the rest and more important for the mental aspect of the rest. The players only meeting. They've got a they've got a reset. They've got to all right, they're getting some players back. Everybody's got to refigure out their role and refigure out what this team has got to focus on. It's got to start on the defensive end of the floor and it's got to be about guarding without fouling because New Orleans as an offense is so reliant on Zion getting to the rim and getting fouled, on Valanchunas getting fouled, on McCollum getting contact so he can get easy points in the line. They are 7th in the NBA according to cleaning the glass and free throw rate. The Hornets defense 23rd in the NBA at a last Allowing teams to get to the free throw line, and and I'm sure if you looked over the past couple of games, it's even worse than that. They are addicted to fouling, and a large part of that, I think, is not having Mark Williams. You know, depending on Mince's inexperience and and Nick Richards um, having to overcome some things, you know, as will hurt them. But look, this is going to be a tough game because New Orleans is on a on a heater right now. They're one of the hottest yeah, teams are. in the NBA. Uh, but we'll see if uh, two days rest is enough for the Hornets to kind of slow them down a little bit.
0: No, you're right. If you remember back in the middle of December, the first time these teams played, Pelicans were hovering around 500. In yeah. fact, they were 13 and 11 coming into that game. That win got them to 14 and 11. Now they're 24 and 17 on the season. And the recent losses they've suffered, they actually are coming off of a loss on the road. They're on a pretty long road trip coming off of it, going back home for the first time in five games. Their most recent contest was against Dallas, back-to-back. They suffered a five-point loss. They beat them the first time. The other losses here recently, Doug, it's against Denver on the road, and it's against the Clippers, who have been on more of a heater than what the Pelicans have been. Uh, Bottom line, this is a good basketball team. They figured something out with the way they've been playing the last month, really getting started in that winning streak that they had that included a Hornets victory. I'd go to immediately what you mentioned, Doug, Zion Williamson getting to the basket. But also, the Pelicans are just a good driving team in general. Mm-hmm. Zion Williamson is the head of that snake. But Brandon Ingram's good, too, even if he doesn't get to the rim all the time. He can you know do the mid-range thing that we've become accustomed to a Stop different that. brand in doing here. But Brandon Ingram is good at the mid-range shot. But both of those guys are very efficient driving to the basket. They get a lot of their points that way. Uh, they are, uh, they're, they're one of the top teams in attempts, uh, driving f- points percentage coming from them. Uh, you, you, do, you see them you get a lot of their points that way. And so you have to worry about the point of attack defense. They've been struggling to stop ball all year long. And then that's when you have to have Nick Richards really step up like uh, Nick Richards. It's been rough go for him. If Nick Richards can, can step up and be that back line And if we can, his His
1: prize will be getting traded to Houston.
0: (laughs) That's right. That will be a. That will be his prize. It it has to be okay. You have a couple of things to make up for, right? It's it's tough to stay in front of Zion. Like you're not going to be able to do that. I get it. Can you stay in front of everyone else? So stay in front of guys. And if they beat you, can Nick Richards recover enough? And then you rotate. You know how you need to. It's it's tough, but that's what the task is. If you want to try to stop this Pelicans team,
1: well, this would be a great game to have Gordon Hayward back. You know, I think he was a big part in that first game of slowing down Brandon Ingram. Uh, uh, you know, of keeping him from just going off for forty plus. You're not going to have him back. He is still listed as out, along with Mark Williams. Uh, but two guys did jump up into the questionable range. One of them, Brandon Miller, with his low back injury, and Frank Laquina listed as questionable. And here's Steve Clifford on Frank Nilekina, uh, to Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer talking about Nelikina being out since injuring, uh, breaking that tibia in preseason. He said, quote, it's actually been a pretty significant hit for our team. I don't know if people know he can guard anybody like Mello. There aren't many guys who can guard Melo. Frank can make it hard on Melo. He's a great ind- individual defender, great, and a terrific Pick and roll defender, and there's not many guys like that. So, if they get Frank Nilakina back, it could be interesting because, look, you need to see some progress on the defensive end. If you're looking for things to watch in this game, because honestly, I'll set the expectation for you. The Hornets, I would love to see the Hornets not get smoked in this game. There were some games when they were still at the beginning of this losing streak where they've lost like, what, 15 of 16 or 14 of 15. At the beginning of that streak, they were losing games where they were competitive throughout the game, but never a threat to beat the team. You know, they would stay so sort of hover at like four or five points down. That's what I want to see the Hornets get back to. That's where I'm setting the expectation. I'm not even setting it at get a win. I'm setting it at can you not get completely run out of the gym because that's what the Hornets have been facing lately, and that's what led to this players only meeting. That's the expectation, and and I think getting back to uh, getting back in transition. This is New Orleans is not a team that loves to attack you in transition, and so if 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 new orleans does that if they're able to do that if the hornets allow them to do that then then you start to say okay there are some serious issues i would love to see the hornets Make smart decisions at the rim. Hit a few more layup opportunities when they're there because Valanciunas is going to make it very difficult to get those opportunities, but when you get them, you have to make them, and you have to kick that ball out and, and knock down some three-point shots. That's why I was serious about the LaMelo ball stuff. I think this could be a big game for him because he is going to have to knock down shots, and I think he knows that, and I think mm-hmm. he's going to attempt a lot of threes in this game.
0: All right, so yeah, if defense and and you know all that matters, especially with the wings, right? You're not necessarily looking at the guards attacking as much because CJ is the the pop guy, but if you're looking at guys that are driving, Cody Martin not on the injury report, that's a good sign mm-hmm. because now any day that Cody Martin is not on the injury report is a win for both Cody and the Charlotte Hornets. We do give thanks to the gods that have allowed us to have one thing after coming back from injury. And so it does look like he'll suit up tonight, but also big game for him. And people have kind of scoffed. And I was one of these people, to be honest with you, that scoffed at the idea that Frank was going to help this team a ton this year. I I thought he would help defensively a little bit. I, I did not expect him to just replace what DSJ was going to do. To be fair, the argument against that is, well, you didn't expect DSJ to do what he did last year. That's fair enough. I do think, having watched this team, as much as we have, Doug, and seeing the lack of defense, especially where uh, once you get beat initially, there's no chance that they're coming back from it, right? The the only chance that you have is Mark Williams, who I I think at least deters some of the drivers from just getting easy buckets at the rim. At Mm -hmm. least Mark Williams can be in their brain. Look, the, The dude's smart, and he's bigger than everyone else he's got a longer wingspan that has to count for something but now that you don't have mark now you have to rely on nick richards making the right read and that's a little iffy so if frank nilakina was there to clean up the mistakes initially it gives your team a shot like I, i actually do think steve clifford is right in how he's been a big miss no i'm not trying to say they would have won 15 or 20 games i am trying to tell you that that bar you're setting we're at, we're asking to lose, yet just lose by single digits. That bar, maybe we have a lot. Maybe we have fifteen more of those. <laughs> maybe like not not that many. You get the idea. I I do agree with Steve that it might be a bigger miss than what we've given it credit for all season long. And we haven't seen them. Not one game. All right, that'll do it for Lockdown Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. Go check out Doug's substack dot everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'll be on WFNZ today, like every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. Sports Radio 92.7 FM. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to recap the Pelicans game. And real quickly, Doug, I invite everybody that listens to the podcast uh-huh. to head to Graham Street Pub tonight. Oh, wow. WFNZ doing a Hornets watch party. Going to be me, going to be Wes Bryant, my co-host, who yeah. also provided coverage last year on Bally's doing the halftime show alongside Ashley Shomity. So Wes Bryant, Walker Mail, even Josh fiddy Marlowe, our Wiley producer. We're all going to be out there. At That's Grand cool. Street That's Hub. cool. Yeah. You could, cool.
1: In fact, if you want to deliver – now, I'm not in Charlotte, but if you want to deliver your apology personally, you can do it to Walker. Walker can, by proxy – deliver it to me i think i've blocked most of the people that that need to give me an apology i think i've blocked most of them on twitter so they can't do it there but they can do it on youtube or they can deliver it to you personally on at graham street pub
0: all right i regret all of that thanks for making this your first (laughs) listen and we'll be back with you tomorrow